Right cool. on. Right on, yeah. man. So you just getting done with the day? Um, I'm actually uh, getting a bunch of stuff done for today. <laughs> my day off. So okay, I um, usually spend it getting a bunch of shit done that I need to get done that I can't do throughout the week. Yeah. Word up. Pardon me. I'm just going to archive this post. This kid, uh, he stole one of my quotes from my interview with Kevin Lee. So I had to blast him on my Instagram page. <laughs> but uh, and then he, 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 Kevin Lee's the man. Yeah, Kevin Lee's the man. I just spoke with him yesterday and Kiesa and had a busy week. So I apologize for not getting back to you with the uh, the reminder text. But um, hey, thanks for good? making the time, man. Thanks for making the time. Um, you know, yeah. th things are uh, looking very exciting in your weight class right now. I mean, we got a, a hell of a matchup coming up. I know um, you, you have a, a lot of great guys around you, man. How do you feel entering this matchup and uh, what, what excites you about it? I mean, I feel better than ever. I'm finally around a solid group of guys that are, um, you know, like-minded athletes and like-minded training partners who, you know, starting families and like have families and, uh, you know, just having that family atmosphere around you is super important because it keeps you grounded. And, uh, you know, we're all training for one goal and that's to be the best in the world. And, uh, you know, our, our team, I feel like the most solid team out there. There's not one person on our team we dislike. There's not one person that, you know, bumps head, we bump head with, you know, so, uh, Everything's looking promising, and yeah, the thing I'm looking forward to this fight is uh, Sergio Pettis. You know how how can't you be excited? You got a big name, um, excited for the division showing. You know, on this fight, you're gonna go, you're gonna see two guys going for it, and then, uh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, it is, man. I, I know I'm personally I can speak on my excitement. I'm freaking stoked for that matchup. What uh, what do you think about uh about Sergio's game? He does well, and if, is there anything that um you think that you should be worried about? Yeah, everything. I should be worried about a well-rounded fighter trying to end the fight, you know. So uh, I think he's well-rounded. He's been in with the who's who's in his division and uh, in the flyweight division, and uh, you know, moving up to 135, he's definitely in for a different animal. That's for sure. I, um, I, you know, of course, a lot of fighters always say like, "Oh, he's never faced a fighter like me." Uh, da da da. You know, but he has faced fighters like me, and um, he's overcame them. He's lost to some, and you know. Um, and it's going to be a good scrap for the fans to go out there and see uh, who dictates the pace first. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and that was going to be my next question is, you know, specifically, what do you think, uh, what do you think he has to worry about with you? Yeah. I mean, as you can see in the Patricio fight, I'm hard to put away, you know, even a patchy mix fight as well. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to get tired and give up, you know, I'm going to fight to the bitter end and, uh, you know, this is this is my livelihood. This is everything I fought for to be in this position to fight the best. And uh, right now, Sergio is the best in our weight class um, outside of me. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to the scrap. Right on, man. Right on. I mean, I mean um, you like we said, you got a lot of great guys around you. You speak you we were just speaking to the conditioning of, uh, of you coming up to this fight. And it seems like you guys are always working out pretty hard in the garage there. I mean, how how excited are you for TJ's comeback? I know you guys are very close. Yeah, I mean, we all, he's been working with me since, uh, I mean, he got suspended, even though uh, with the shoulder surgery, I think he was able to sit back and coach and really fall in love with the sport again. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he wasn't in love with the sport again, but as far as like living vicariously through someone and really fall in love with uh, with coaching and like finding ways to uh, do a game plan for me and me sticking to a game plan and watching someone else, uh, uh, him pour his heart into someone else 
and, you know, have the nerves and have the fighting jitters that you have as coaching, you know, and um, now it's his time. Now he's ready to go. And, you know, I see him coming back and getting a title fight right away because, I mean, to be honest, who else is Peter Yawn and, and Aljamain Sterling going to fight in the division? It doesn't make any sense. You know, the, the, the people are going to be mad. People are going to talk shit. And that's what brings attention. And that's what our sport is right now is bringing attention to a fight that people aren't going to agree with bringing a guy that, you know, um, who had the belt and didn't lose it. And um, now you have two guys, you know, just holding the interim belt um, while he's been training this whole time. And, I mean, if someone falls out of this weekend fight, he'll be, he's, he has the conditioning right now to step right in and, and fight any of those guys and, and win. Right on. I mean, I, I was going to ask you about that because, you know, a lot of times we worry about fighters who have been gone for a while and then, you know, for whatever reason they've been gone. But it seems like TJ's been working his ass off since he left, you know, and like you said, he's been working with you guys and coaching and helping other people on the team. You know, do you think Cody, I mean, excuse me, do you think TJ's gotten a lot better since the last time we saw him? And is there something uh, that he's going to surprise us with? Yeah, um, I mean, he's been working with myself, Brian Ortega, uh, Cubs Swanson, um, you know, and he's, he's been in the gym. It's not like he's missed a beat. I mean, yeah, I still have a hell of a time even, you know, <laughs> um, um, practicing with them, you know, and, and I consider myself the best bantamweight in the world right now. And uh, for him to, uh, to, for me to still be pushed by him and uh, every day just grinding with them, I mean, speaks volume on where his mindset's at, you know, it's just like, he has a skip to beat for sure. Yeah, I know we're excited for that. How big of a role is he going to play in your uh, in your corner for this fight? Is he going to be there with you? That all depends on um, you know when when uh, you know uh, when they schedule him to fight. Obviously, we're there. It looks like their UFC is waiting for this weekend to play out to see what they're going to do with them. Um, and then uh, hopefully they don't book him close to my fight because that will suck because he'll be in camp. But, uh, you know, if not, we have a solid, like, again, we have a solid team. But he plays a huge impact in my career, you know, um, especially when we're both grinding together. I mean, he knows he knows certain things about, uh, you know, my style that knows when to pull back off coaching and let me kind of figure it out and when to step up and really get in my face and coach and uh, for me to turn it up a year or two, you know. Yeah. So that's what's the best thing about having your training partners as your corner. They 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 know your ins and outs. They they're in there grinding with you, so they know when you're getting tired. They know when to pull back. They know when to what to tell you to spark you back up. You know, so it's more than just a team camaraderie. It's like a overall uh, live our livelihood. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we know uh, we've we've seen you and TJ together for a long time. I know you guys got a great relationship. You guys train hard together. You've talked about that after your last fight, but. You know, how about the other guys that are around you? Is there anybody else that stands out that just has a huge impact on your career and your day-to-day -day with fighting? Yeah, I mean, Cub Swanson has been a huge impact in my career uh, since Joe Daddy Stevenson has introduced me to him because, uh, you know, I started off with Joe Daddy Stevenson, and he's had a huge impact in my career, too, on navigating my career on the do's and don'ts, you know, because – as a fighter, you want to rush into the limelight so fast, but he sat me down and said, Hey, look, if this is your career, take your time, you know, and then Cub Swanson, same thing. He's, he's been able to slow me down and, you know, let me make a career out of it instead of being the flash uh, heat in the pan and, you know, one and done type uh, fighter. Now I have a name. Now I have an impact. Now I'm ready for whatever anyone throws at me. And my previous workout partners that I've had, Lance Palmer and Brian Ortega, 
I mean, I'm super excited to show the technique that and the difference that Brian has put on my um, grappling style, um, as, as well as Felipe Delmonica, um, to implement in this next fight coming up. It's going to be yeah. fun. Heck yeah, man. I You spoke on Lance Palmer there. He's got a, a title defense coming up as well against Bubba Jenkins. What do you make of that matchup? Man, I'm telling you, Lance is probably one of the strongest dudes I've ever <laughs> I've ever even like grappled or sparred or worked out with. He's just like a brick house, man. This guy's like man, I can't even explain it how, how strong this dude is. But uh <laughs> he's coming back, you know. He's he I think it was good that they had a year off because you gotta let his body heal. I mean, fighting five times in one year and then back to back fights in one night, it, it's a lot it's a big toll on your body whether you feel it or not, you know. And uh I think you're gonna see a way better Lance Palmer come out uh, this this season on the PFL and as he defends his, uh, you know, his, 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 uh, his titles and make a huge impact again for the PFL. Right on. Yeah, man. I mean, we're all excited about that. Um, you know, yeah. earlier you spoke about, you know, you're the best, you're the best 135 in the world. I mean, how do you think you match up with some of those UFC guys right now? Well, you know, I the top the 35s. Yeah, I, tra I train with, uh, you know, the, the 35 pound kingpin every day, you know, uh, TJ. So I, you know, just like Michael Chandler going in there and doing what he does, uh, I, I have a, even at 145, you know, I, I feel like I could go in there 135 and 145 and make an impact right away fighting top five contenders. You know, I, I know where I stand. I, I don't have no insecurities that are like, yeah. oh, you know. This guy's in the UFC. I don't give a shit. I train with these guys every day. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's the same people community, don't understand. Right? Yeah, yeah they, they don't understand the casual fans. Like, oh, you're just in the B league. It's like, man, <laughs> if you take, if you follow my Instagram or you know follow my my career, I've been training with these guys. I know where I stand. I don't have no insecurities or nothing to prove to these guys. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I know how good I am. We also, to that. that point, we all, always hear, you know, I don't, I hear a lot of uh, guys in Bellator. I don't want to call anybody out because I like some of these guys, but I hear a lot of them in the interviews, like specifically talk about how they match up with the, the 35ers or the, or excuse me, not the 35ers, the UFC fighters in their weight class. And so it's, it's funny to hear you say, you know what, man, I train with these guys. I know where I'm at because the other folks should too, you know, they don't really need to tell everybody. Cause like you said, if you're not a casual and you're in the mix, you kind of know what the scene looks like yeah. back there. But no, nah, that's cool. I mean, yeah. um, you know, we got we got uh, TJ, you know, like you said, depending on what happens with this next uh, the fight with Aljo and, and Peter, you know, we'll see. But what do you think a fight between Jan looks like with TJ and a fight between Aljo and TJ? And would, is there one that Man, you think I, I, you I still believe that? I, I just think that we're still light years ahead of these guys on just training and, you know, obviously TJ got uh, knocked out his last fight. So, you know, shit happens at fighting. That's why we fight. There's never a, a definite outcome that's going to happen, you know, um, and it's proven time and time again in fighting. Obviously, the way I we train, we believe that, you know, there's no one, no one out there that can keep up with us if it's our night, you know. Um, obviously, things happen. Some things get sideswiped or some shit like that. And then, uh, you know, we lose as part of the sport. But... I think either fighter out of Peter Yawn and, and Aljo, I think TJ just dismantles them, especially how hungry he is right now to prove, like, listen, man, like, I took this stuff because, uh, you know, lack of um, lack of uh, iron in my body and how anemic he was dropping down to the weight class and, th and, and um, 
you know, there was times he was overtraining and, you know, I should have spoke up as a training partner and told him, but, you know, that's, that's what kind of lacked the deficiency on some of the things he was dealing with. And then, uh, you know, it, it was a chance that it's just something that he did. So now he's moving past it. Now he has so much confidence going forward, knowing that he doesn't need that crutch anymore. You know, like that was just a, you know, incident that happened now. Believe in yourself, believe in your technique and believe in who you are and you'll be right back on top. I mean, he's served his time, you know, his time's up. Like yeah. no one can talk shit anymore. Nah, he confessed, man. he served his time and now it's time to fucking move forward, you know? Yeah, let's Whether get on with like it. it or not. Yeah. Nah, nah, I love that, <laughs> so, man. I mean, yeah. he's, you know, it's talking about his last fights, watching him play the weight class game. Um, you know, what, what do you think about, about two titles? Is that something that has interested you and Bellator? And are, are you, uh, is that on your radar at all right now? Well, if you look uh, at my career, you know, that's that's something I pride myself on. I was the first fighter to hold four belts in uh, one organization in four different weight classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've done it in, a, in multiple uh, uh, organizations. So, you know, it's going to be a stamp that I leave on my career and uh, my legacy. And when people look back, they're going to realize, like, man, this dude was badass you know like it's hard to do stuff like that like i i went down and cut the same weight uh as some of these people did uh to make the weight classes and, and fight and, and you know a guy like henry corrales he's gonna realize you know he's talking all this shit about me he's gonna realize how hard it is to drop down in weight class and really perform you know and uh you got people like oh you know you gotta you you know it was already planned that i, I was fighting for the 135 title first it just so happened that they had a grand prix tournament for 145 and i ended up losing the title fight you know with some shit yeah. so it's just like whatever man like it's it was no for now at that time i came back i won and then i won the title and now i'm looking uh you know hopefully you know whoever has it whoever wins out the grand prix you know we're definitely already in negotiations for that next title fight okay and so you would you would be looking to hold both simultaneously yeah i absolutely i mean i'm getting ready to defend it um, hopefully Horiguchi steps up and mans up to the plate and accepts the uh, fight. You know, I know with Japan having a bunch of uh, problems with the COVID situation, they kind of put that on stalemate. And uh, we were going back and forth. They, you know, uh, first the fight was on, then it was off, then it was on, then it was off, like eight different times. You know, so Coker's like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna book you against uh, uh, Pettis. And I was like, perfect, let's do it. And then. Uh, but, you know, to have something so prestigious as a risen title and a Bellator title and then going up and, you know, hopefully doing it for both organizations will be unheard of, you know, having four simultaneously belts at one time, you know, because that's why I said, give me the 45 champion and if Horiguchi don't want to fight me and let me fight for the risen 45 title. But, uh, you know, so it's in negotiations. We're going to work on it. And then, uh, you know, I'll be one of the only fighters to hold, uh, you know, two weight classes, uh, uh, championships, at one time, you know, that's going to be unheard of, you know, man, I'll tune in for that. That sounds all right by me. What do you think about the whole cross promotion things? And I I know the UFC hasn't really given it much thought. Do you think that they're missing out on, on big fights with that? No, because they don't need to, you know, they're, 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 they're the marketing machine right now. They're the reason why, um, you know, MMA is where it's at. They've spent billions and billions of dollars marketing themselves to become a household sport, uh, and a household name like the NFL, um, that they paid their dues, you know, they don't, they don't need another organization, you know, like, mm-hmm. and it sucks because as fighters, we do want to test ourselves. That's what was nice about boxing. Um, when they finally decided to do cross promotions and, you know, put title for titles, you know, now you have a unified champion and 
hopefully one day it probably won't be in my time. Uh -oh. You know, like egos are put, put aside and, and they make it more about making bigger fights and, uh, you know, not making so much about the promotion, but make it about making legitimate fights that make sense for worldwide across. You know, that's when you'll get to see really interesting matchups and, uh, you know, get to see who really is pound for pound the number one, uh, uh, you know, martial artist in the world. Yeah, right on. So, um, you know, we we're, we're talked a little bit about your fight coming up here and Sergio Pettis, you know, on, on just a more casual note, have you ever had or how much personal interaction have you had uh, with Sergio before this? And, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on him as a person? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I've had his brother more than I met him. Um, you know, Sergio, he, he's a cool-ass dude, both of them, the, both brothers. You know, they, um, they're they just really down-to-earth, humble people, you know, hanging out, uh, see them. You know, all fighters are, you know. And then uh, there's some people that had to put a little more front than others uh, to play a character. But, you know, I, I feel like most most fighters, they're just themselves. And, uh, you know, that's that's the best type of fighters to fight because now you leave all the trash talking and all this shit out of there that uh you know you just make it about who's better <laughs> not yeah. who's better you know and, and i give props to people that, that talk shit and uh be able to build up a fight there's gonna be a time that i'm gonna do it and uh the right person to do it with it's just you know you meet some some people that are really cool as fuck and you know you don't want to attack attack their personality or who they are you know mm -hmm. and it's just it it comes off it comes off um, not organic when you do it. And that, that's the type of fights people don't tune in to watch. They want to see organic built, built up fights, you know? Mm -hmm. And we saw, you know, a little bit back and forth with uh, Cejudo and TJ. What, what is your take on, on that and the whole beef thing? Does it drive you? Does it distract you? Are you a fan of it? Is it just nothing for you? If you have, yeah, I mean, to me, I, I'm, I'm one of seven kids. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, the third youngest. My brothers talk shit to me all the time. You know, to me, I just laugh it off and, you know, and they're just like, whatever, uh, if you want to get, if you want to fight, we can fight and they'll beat my ass, of course. And then it happens and I move on. So I was like, well, I just still laugh it off. I think you get more of a reaction when you're able to look someone at dead in the eye and just laugh at how ignorant they're being or how dumb they're being, you know, and it's just, it's, to me, I take the comical side of it and it's, uh, and, it, and I feel like it gets under their skin more. Yeah. You know, as far as the Cejudo and TJ deal, I mean, you know, that that was real, real animosity brought up by, um, you know, Cejudo because, you know, they were talking about ending the flyweight division and, you know, they were bringing TJ down, uh, you know, because TJ wanted to be the champ champ. And then, um, you know, it didn't happen, but it led into a lot of animosity, you know, throughout the whole division. You know, he lost some friendships over it, and uh, you know, so it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the the type of things that happen, and you know, people's feelings get hurt. They, Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, there's just you know, when someone's saying that you're gonna take someone's job and like take it out from under them, obviously it pisses people off. So you got like you know some people that were you know the they they had announced that they're gonna they were probably gonna extinct the 125 anyway, right? When uh, Mighty Mouse had the division uh, under wraps, and then so when TJ decided to go down. Um, and so who will be Mighty Mouse? Then it was like, oh, okay. Well, if you're gonna end the division anyway, like you know, might as well pump it up and say it's going to be me to end the division. So <laughs> it got a lot of animosity through, you know, some of TJ's friends that um, he had that were in the weight class that I guess were offended by it. And so, you know, you get guys that are just like, fuck, man, you're trying to take my job. Like, 
So I see where both sides are coming from. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, no kind doubt. Of do you, uh, you know, you yeah. talked about your contentness and, and your security with who you are, how good of a fighter you are and where you're at in your career. Have you ever, yeah. is there any interest for you to go to the UFC if something happened today and they called and they said, hey, we, we really want you on. We want to talk to Bellator, break your contract, Bellator's on board, or, or maybe we'll just leave that out of the hypothetical. But what, what do you think about that? Is it interest you at all? Well, money talks for everything, right? I'm, I'm trying to set up my future for my kids. So if they came out and bought my contract out and, and paid me a hell of a lot more money than uh, where I'm at now, then of course, man, we're all of us are trying to fight for that big prize, right, to set up our family where we don't have to worry about my kids worrying about money or school or anything um, from that point on. And, and so, yeah, I mean, it definitely interests me because now, you know, you got to realize promotions use fighters for what fighters are worth you know like okay this guy got some big following we're gonna pump him up and not the, and not our champ you know and it's like all right cool well i'm gonna use you as a promoter and and um you know promote me and win as much as i can to make my stock bigger too and that's what you see with a lot of guys that leave ufc that have built the name hence anthony johnson and uh and yoel romero like look how big of an impact it made for the 205 division that they did the grand grand free you know that those guys use the ufc for what they were and it's awesome and then they had a big enough name to actually get paid a hell of a lot of money from bellator to sign over to bellator and make make it a reason you know so mm -hmm. you know it's, yeah, it's cool to see that point. that's what something eddie Alver alvarez told me is like keep building your stock up keep you know the promoters are going to use you for what you're worth and every and try to squeeze every last ounce out of you um you know let them let them do what they need to do to raise your stock, and then when it's time to go, you go to the negotiation table, and <laughs> let's hope you have a good manager that knows how to <laughs> knows how to talk, and then go from there. You know, <laughs> that's not a bad so, blueprint. That's not a bad blueprint at all. Yeah. No, I mean, so yeah, for you, yeah. basically, the the most important thing is money and how much you can support your family yeah. and take care of the next generation. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, Bellator does. I mean, they, they do treat fighters well. There's sometimes there's, you know, you got to look at the overall picture on the promotion standpoint. Um, you know, that's something that I did. I did my own promotion and things like that when I was in younger. So I could understand where the promoters sit at. And it, if it doesn't make sense, it doesn't make dollars, obviously. So, you know, um, you're not going to get paid as someone as as uh, more famous than you. Uh, just, you know, flat out, plain and simple. Yeah, and you can't cry about it as a fighter, right? You're not going to sit there and like belittle your promotion because you're not getting what someone else is getting. Like, you know, you got a cyborg and her opponent that they had to pay like a ridiculous amount of money for her to fight cyborg, but you don't let it offend you. You're like, okay, like obviously that person made a lot more money than some title fight fighters get or some title holders get, but it is what it is. They still got to sell and make it make sense, right? Yeah, no, that's a great point. I know a lot of people can't see it the same way. So I feel like yeah. that's a healthy perspective, though. You know, I mean, you got to be uh, you got to be rational with it. So, I mean, yeah. as far as uh, I'll, I know, you got things to do with your day off. You got stuff to get done. So thanks for making the time. I'll, I'll end on this note. But as far as the yeah. fight with Pettis goes, how do you envision it in your head? And do you have any predictions for it? Me, man, the way I see it, I train so damn hard. I've been training. You know, I, as soon as my fight's over, I jump right back in the gym. That I don't like being cheated my, you know, my 25 minutes. <laughs> I love taking deep waters. I love just experimenting in the cage and taking my time. And if the finish happens, it happens. But me personally, 
I'm a 25 minute guy because I want to see what this guy really has. You know, I want to prove that uh, to myself that, you know, I did the hard work to go 25 minutes and anything less is almost a, uh, is a letdown for me. You know, I, I, I love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the, the finish happens. It happens, man. Don't get me wrong. I love a finish yeah. and the go home is an easy night. But I'm looking to spend 25 minutes in the cage with uh, Sergio and see what he truly has, you know. Yeah, if you had to get a finish, would you rather a knockout or a submission? You know what? I've I've had some really good TKOs and some knockouts. I'd love to get a, you know, if a submission opens up, if, you know, I'm going to be jumping submissions, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be uh, you know, pretty fun to try, you know, yeah. and see where I end up. You know, it might, it might be a bad night for me or it might be a good night. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I've been working a lot with Brian Ortega, so he, yeah. he has me ready. You know, he has me learning how to jump submissions, and, you know, they call him T-City for a reason, so yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, I'd be remiss if, before I let you go, I just want to ask on that note, he's got a he's got a big matchup coming up himself. How do you think that's going to go with him and, and uh, Brian? On, and yeah. Oak. Yeah, man. I mean, Volkanovski's obviously a brick house, dude. This guy's going to come and you know, he hits, he hits hard, you know, and, uh, he could take some hits too. He, I, uh, a good friend of mine, Chad Mendez, when he fought, cracked him over and over with that overhand, right. That he does and that <laughs> yeah. left overhand. And I was like, man, how is Volkanovski taking these, you know, but, uh, so you got two guys that have really solid granite chins. And then, um, I think Brian has a little more in his, um, arsenal with his, with his jujitsu, I'm hoping for a submission for Brian and uh, I see it playing out like that. And, uh, you know, I think I, I'm, I know Brian gets it done. All right. All right. Well, well we're excited yeah. for that one. We're excited for your one. We're excited for Lance. It's a, it's a great time right now. So thanks for making yeah. the time with everything you got going on to chat with me. I'm, I'm breeze. This is the MMA breeze. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on soon. Maybe uh, a little closer to your fight or after. All right. Sounds good, Breeze. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. My pleasure. Take care, man.